The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. Sports, 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 sports. So they just sit there and talk about sports? Yes, we do. And guess what? We're halfway through the week. Well, almost. We kind of got to get halfway through this show. Let's just do it. It's one of the odds Wednesday on the Blitz. Diabolical. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And The Blitz is on for our Wednesday. Welcome to the greatest show in the history of the known universe. With me, Fred Fowler, Falcon, A.J. Hoffman, Chocolate Braveheart, Aaron Rabel, to Voldemort. Do you want to get in today? 713-780, ESPN's your number, 713 713- 780-3776. can also get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz. Click like. Send a message. Aaron will read it. Twitter, at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at AJ is the real. At Aaron is Blitz, at Degenerates975. You can text the show. Know the number for that. You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN975. And it's a Wednesday. Do things a little bit differently. You call, you text, you tweet. Put what odds on it. are the odds that it's Wednesday? Uh, percent 1,000? Bingo. It is Wednesday. We're I get on con- the same page I, today, Freddy. I get confused sometimes, I admit. <laughs> especially during the Ronaverse. Things start to... Days run together. The only way I can keep track of what day it is is, you know, because I know it's what are the odds Wednesday. So I know if it's not what are the odds Wednesday, then it's either one of the other days. That's how I keep up. Um, So... Your Texans had a candidate in for general manager today. Is is this at the behest of Andre Johnson? Uh, I don't know which <laughs> of the the magical five suggested Lewis Riddick, but he's a guy who uh, his name's been tossed around as a legit candidate for for some time. Uh, I I think he's really good on on Monday Night Football. I I don't know about the rest. Yeah, I well, now, he's a little different than some of these other cats. And, and I know that it gets, especially when you see these guys on TV, you automatically think, oh, wow, they'd be really good at this job. Like, like people say, oh, Tony Romo would make a great offensive coordinator. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. It's a different skill, you know, recognizing something like that as opposed to, oh, let's go call and draw up a play and design a play. Uh, but Lewis Riddick has been in front offices, and he's been a scout. He's worked his way up through the ranks. And he's, he does a good job on TV. So I don't I, I don't want to put him in the same category that I would a lot of these guys who, you know, just sound good on TV. I, I do think he's got a background. Uh, he seems like a really sharp guy. And, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people consider him a legitimate candidate. I know the Falcons are also looking at him, which, you know, I, I don't know about you. I might like the Falcons job a little bit better right now, but. Uh, if, if obviously if you're looking at, he's going to be looking at multiple opportunities now, whether or not he takes them, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like TV, if I had an an option, if I'm a well-paid TV guy, probably stick him with TV. Yeah. Because you're not, when you go less pressure, yeah, there's definitely less pressure, but well, I don't know unless you're really bad, like Booger and those guys were, uh, then the pressure was pretty high with Witten and them. But when you're in there and you're doing a good job. And it, 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 you know, it's it's comfortable, and you don't have to worry about, oh, okay, 
You know, am I going to sign this guy? Am I going to have to cut this guy? Uh, what's my salary cap going to look like? Uh, am I going to get fired if uh, because of Bill O'Brien's mess that he left me? All of those things are, you know, th- those are going to come into play. But if he wants to do it, wants to be a GM, then I, I wouldn't have a real problem with him being hired. I wouldn't either. So uh, he's got to pass the test, though. Which test he's got to stand in front of the. Uh, he's got to stand in front of the group. And they're going to take a vote. Oh, yeah, thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Do it gladiator style, yeah. right? So, okay, Lewis, stand here. Or it'll be like, do you remember in the movie 300 where uh, he has to climb to the top and talk to that oracle and it's all those really gross old people and they, like, stand around and decide his fate? Like, maybe it's something like that. Like, they all sit sit in a circle with, like, a fire and stone structures in the middle and they're like, you will fail. And, like, it. I, maybe it's something like that. That's what I would like. Yeah, I, I think they'll all be on a Zoom call, and oh, that's boring. They'll have they'll have Lewis Riddick sitting there, and they'll go, Tony Dungy, what do you think of Lewis Riddick? And he'll go, thumbs up. It'll be like Chuck Norris in Dodgeball. That's what it'll be. <laughs> that's too friendly. I want it to be. Uh, I want it to be sinister. Oh, Andre Johnson will do the thumbs down. Oh, okay. Well, that's and, good. and then it'll say, whoops, sorry, I meant thumbs up. No. <laughs> I that, that was mean. But um, but yeah, and and. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, for all this talk we've had with with Jack Easterby. Um, I'm sure that's a topic, right? I, I, I'm sure that he he goes in there and says, "Okay, how what is this guy's role going to be in relation to mine?" Now, I have heard that whoever the GM is, Easterby would be working for him. So, if he stayed, but I I kind of think a GM's probably going to say, eh, "You know what? I don't really need this around here." <laughs> You know, we just cut the head off of one snake. We don't need to let another one grow back. But yeah, now I don't know if that's a fact. I've just that's just what I've been told by people yeah. in the organization that the that whoever they hire as GM, then everybody else is essentially going to be reporting to him. So well, that's, that's the way it should be, right? Yeah, I, that how every almost every other team right. operates is with a general manager who basically brings in his own guys and his own scouts. And, well, and you also don't want to say, well, whoever the new GM is, you'll be reporting to him. But also reporting to Jack Easterby. Nobody wants to say that because that's not right. That's not a good thing to say these days, right? And uh, plus, I just think it's it's you need to clean house over there completely. Get away from all the all the bad stuff, all the O'Brien stuff, and like it or not, you know, the one guy who you can't get rid of is the owner. But you know, Easterby is part of the old regime. He's part of the regime that traded DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't care. They can go back and forth in the media on who was responsible for that. But if you were there for it, you're to blame. Yeah. And you have to shoulder some of the blame for that. And, and I don't know how much of the, the SI article was true. But it's it's just all true. <laughs> probably. Yeah. It's probably true. Uh, well, from what I understand, and, and you know, like I said, I, I've talked to a couple people up there, uh, over there, and... There's a lot of a lot of them have been not trusting this guy for a while. He's likable. They say he's very likable. He's very, uh, um, very personable. Very charismatic. But, but he's a snake. Yeah, pretty much. That's basically what they and saying. and that they don't trust him. So, and I, I mean, there's a lot of people like that. I don't trust. There are charismatic people I do not trust because some people use their charisma to con you, and. That's the impression I get. 
And a new guy's not going to want anything to do with that, especially if you're bringing in somebody who's a, a quality candidate who will have other options. Right. And I think Lewis Riddick fits that. He'll have other options. And including keep doing what you're doing. That's not a that's not a bad one either. 713-780-ESPN is your number. 713-780-3776. Boy, there's some James Harden stuff to get into. There is uh, some James Harden well. stuff to get into. There's it looks like our uh the the, the whole sit Deshaun thing is now it's going global. It's worldwide. Yeah. Yeah, worldwide, ev- baby. Everybody's talking about it, and I don't want to tell you this is where you heard it first, but this is probably where you heard it first. And and actually, Lamont brought it up, so give him credit. But yeah, uh, but then we we started running with it, and you know it's it's a national debate now. And I'll I'll stick to my guns. I think that it's important to preserve your your future, and I and not just to Sean. I, I I take the guys I've invested in. And I get that it looks like you're quitting on your team, but not if it's not your choice. Not if not if somebody says, "Hey, look, man, we 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 got to sit you. You can't play." I know Deshaun's not going to go for that. He's not going to be happy about it. I get the impression Tunsil will be like, "Yeah, my knee hurts." Yeah. Guess what? We're also in a spot where, where it's not like if if Romeo Cornell says Deshaun, we're sitting you for the rest of the season. It's not like he's like, "Man, I don't I don't want to play for a coach who sits me for the rest of the season." Well, good news, you won't be playing for Romeo next season. Like they're like the new coach coming in is not going to have any of that funk on him, but he's also going to reap the benefits of making sure Deshaun is healthy when he gets his hands on him. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I mean, the if you were going to be in the same offense, even you say, you know what? I think three games you could benefit from that. He's not. It's going to no. be all new offense, all new terminology. It, it really makes no sense whatsoever, uh, other than you know, the, just hey, I'm a football player and I want to play. I get that. But you also don't want to take a chance. If if he's, they're going to need him at the start of next season. You don't want to take a chance. And um, somebody says, well, there's three games left. Let him play the first quarter and then sit him after. I mean, if, if you're going to do that, then why not a half? Why not three quarters? I'm, I'm kind of like, you know what? Just don't play him at all. And, and, and I get that there's... Rest up, chap. I do get the other side of this, believe me. That, uh, you know... You, it looks bad. What about the other guys out there? Well, you know what? You got a lot of guys who should be playing for their jobs, and not Deshaun's worrying. Not playing for his job. No, Deshaun's not. Laramie Tunsil's not. That's about it. JJ Watt's not. Yeah. Everybody else, you're playing for your job. Yeah. You should be. And they should. Well, be. Whitney Absolutely. Merciless isn't. Well, he should be. I know he should be, but he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> not with that contract. And maybe if he gets hurt, you can find some kind of a waiver to get out of his contract. I don't yeah, know. That, I, yeah, I, I don't yeah, know about he's that. Playing. But, yeah, I'd, I'd have him out there every down. I'd have him on offense. I'd give him the ball as a running back. <laughs> See if we can't break him. He's the new punter. All right. Well, big story on your, your boy James Harden, who played last night. I'd like to talk about He's that. so smug, James. He, there's, a, there's a lot about James that I don't like. And I'm still trying. I'm trying now I'm trying to find something I do. But we'll, we'll talk about that when we come back. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. Is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. Hey guys, it's AJ Hoffman. It's fall and we could all use a little awesome. Well, our friends at Bespoke Post has brand new seasonal box of awesome collections for guys guaranteed to upgrade your life. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. 
Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. Who wouldn't want awesome stuff sent to them every month, right? It's like Christmas on your doorstep. Whether it's gear to upgrade your autumn craft beers or cozy threads for when the temperature dips, no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them to pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code BLITZ at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, promo code BLITZ for 20% off your first box. Oh, you're going to take me home tonight. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. There we go. Let's say what happened to the music. Uh, I think it when they recorded this, because it was so old, it was hard panned one side to the other. So oh, no. we didn't get the left side guitar. We only uh. got the right <laughs> My, uh, I was going to say, this is a great addition. It's my way. favorite Queen song. Unpopular opinion. I like the, I like this and uh, Bicycle more than I like We Will Rock You, We Are the Champions as a combo. Yeah. Oh, I agree. So, all right. Slopez, <laughs> Fat Bottom and Harden Talk. Yeah, uh, that's kind of where Goes we were hand, headed. I didn't choose that hand. for a reason. <laughs> Goes hand in uh, hand. He, he does. It, that picture that was going around, he, he looks a little chunky. He's thick, but this isn't the first time he's come into camp no. thick, though. Like, this is uh, It's pretty standard, actually. He comes in a little hefty, and he'll, he'll figure it out, I'm sure. Yeah, and I wouldn't worry too much about how he looked last night in an exhibition game. The, the fact is, he's here. But uh, he, he was asked, uh, uh, basically after playing against the Spurs, said, right now I'm just focused on being here. Today was good. Yesterday felt really good being out there. I haven't really had the opportunity to do a lot of five-on-five work, for, but for my first time being out there, it felt pretty good. Um, and Well, that wasn't all he had to say. Yeah, it wasn't quite all he had to say. You had, what audio do we have? Do we have any James audio today? I heard, of, uh, I heard some audio of him talking about uh, they, they asking him, why, why, were, why were you in Vegas? Why, why, why did it take you so long to get here? He said, oh, I was just working out there. Uh, and then like, well, why weren't you working out here with your teammates? He's like, oh, uh, I just had some personal training going on up there. Yeah, he worked with his personal trainers on the trip. Like, that's some kind of a good excuse. When you've got basically three new guys that you're working into what, what should eventually be your starting lineup, that makes a lot of sense that you'll do better with your personal trainers. Um, and, of course, he uh, – and a third person himself. I can only focus yeah. on right now. And for me, the best James Harden is making sure I'm in shape. So, hmm. And then uh, uh, Silas, and they, they, of course they're going to ask Silas the questions. They want, you know, that that's the media's job. They Because they weren't getting anything out of James. James doesn't like talking to the media. So they said, hey, uh, 
Coach Silas, why is James Harden a big fatso? Don't know if there's a way to measure this sort of thing, but do you have a feeling for just how rusty James might have been or how much progress he will need to make to get back to his standard? Yeah, I don't I don't really know. I mean, obviously I've played against him so many times over the last countless amount of years, but um, I, I, I can't answer that question. I don't know how close he is or – I haven't been around him enough to know the answer. I'm sorry. Hmm. Hmm. I'm it's like sorry. when your MMA coach goes, how long is it going to take you to drop that 20 pounds and get make weight? And then you're, you go, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been around myself. He'll be there on fight day. I mean, <laughs> well, all right. Um, it's, it's just another, it's another chapter in the unhealthy story of James Harden and the Rockets. And it's, if you thought that somehow the relationship between the Rockets and James was going to get healthier by shipping Russ out and firing D'Antoni, uh, bringing in John Wall, like I could have told you none of that stuff is going to make this better. It, it's too far gone. The cancer's too deep. It's in the bones now. Well, I mean, the, the problem is Harden. I, and said that before, that no matter what you put around him, you're going to wind up having a mess. And I, I still think they the moves they made prior to the Westbrook deal, they were going to be better than they were last year. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, obviously, you're banking a lot on on the health of two guys who haven't been healthy. But guess what? If they are, that's two pretty good players you added. And I really, I think you added three pretty good players. But now you've traded Westbrook. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to look like. But the problem is is still the guy with the beard. And, yeah, you know, I, I think the, Tex- the Texans, the Rockets really need to move on from this guy. Uh, now, I, I don't know that, I don't know what kind of deal you're going to be able to make. But if if he's not, I mean, he listen, people question his commitment in a good year. Yeah. and It's nothing new. Yeah. So in a year where he's not really happy to be here. And it, it's still, it's not like the reports have stopped about him wanting to get out of here. That's That's still a thing. Yeah, uh, you know, you see it on sports. I was walking through the hallway and saw it on Sports Center on the uh, the Flash. It says James Harden still are still uh, seeking trade partners, still not satisfied with John Wall. Like, okay. Well, I, I think, and all the stuff that's getting leaked is obviously coming from Harden or, or his oh, people, certainly. And you know, oh, he might go to this team. He might go to this team. Well, okay, good luck. And I think. Uh, I honestly think that uh, if I'm the Rockets, I I play it out the way they're playing it out because at some point you can move him, but I, I'm making sure I get the best possible deal. Yeah, I, I want to get I want to get something back for him. I want to get a young player with some upside, and I want to get picks. Yeah, and you know I'll take a couple expiring contracts, but I do think. Uh, and let me ask the real question is, did the Rockets trade the right guy first? I don't know. I'm, I almost would feel better about. Well, let's let's be honest. We thought, boy, it's going to be real difficult to get anything of value for Russ. And they really didn't get anything of value. They got a bad contract. What What was widely regarded as the worst contract in the NBA was John Wall's contract. Now, if you're an optimist, you say, well, maybe John Wall figures something out. And if you're an op- optimist, you say, well, maybe that pick turns into something. Although, if you're a realist, you look at that pick and go, 
boy, it's going to be very difficult for them to really uh, to, to get any value out of this thing. It looks like eventually it'll probably be a couple second-round picks. But you did move on from Russ, which I said all along, I really think the the best thing the Rockets could do is is hit reset. And I don't believe that John Wall is going to return to John Wall form, just like James Harden obviously doesn't believe that. Right. But I'd rather just stink for a couple of years and start building for the future than keep pretending like, you know, James Harden and Russell Westbrook were going to somehow get you to the promised land because they weren't. I I would – I still think if you – well, obviously the personalities just weren't working. But I, I think it's hard to judge based on last year with the way the season got interrupted and then the bubble and all that, and then there were some injuries. I, I do think there was a way to make those two guys work together, especially with like – I said with the, the guys you brought in with Cousins and, and players like that. I, I thought that would be a better team. I don't think it was good enough because I still say as long as Harden is there – as your number one guy, your team's not going to be good enough. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I mean, the the John Wall thing. I, I love John Wall, but this is kind of like trading for David Johnson. Yeah, you know, twenty sixteen would have been great, man. Yeah, you're super hopeful. Would have but... been awesome. But and uh, yeah, ESPN. I don't know if you saw the article though that where he went in and they talked to him uh, after the game last night. But they also had an article about how he. Uh, uh, essentially, they've given him everything he wants, and that's what screwed things up. You don't so, say. So I ask you. <laughs> you don't say. I ask you. Is James Harden Bill O'Brien? He. I said this yesterday on the air. He is Bill O'Brien. They're the same guy. Uh, like if you pull James Harden's mask off, it'd be Bill O'Brien under there. Yeah. The uh, Tim McMahon was the writer who who did the story, and um, basically the Rockets' culture under James Harden. Summed up by a former staffer's three words, whatever James wants. Pretty much. And that's what it's been. And when you do that, at some point it's going to backfire. You can't just look, LeBron can get away with it because LeBron's got skins on the wall. Yeah. But, I mean, I I think James thinks of himself that way. And Lone Ranger said, disagree with the Johnson comparison. David Johnson had like one or two good years. Point is... I was trying to make is, boy, it'd be nice if this were 2016. If you were trading for the guy from 2016, then sure, yeah. Uh, but and, and I, I don't know. We don't. I don't think anybody knows what John Wall's got left in him. Yeah, there's not really a way to know until we see him play. And you know, he's looked pretty good in preseason, but it's preseason. Yeah, and you can't learn anything from that. Uh, so when we come back. Uh, a, a fairly prominent guy jumped all over the college football rankings from yesterday. Uh, I, I, I'd like to, I'd like to take issue with him. Sounds good. I got to tell you guys about pajama gram guys. You want to, you want to knock her socks off this Christmas. You want to get her something that's going to make her happy and make you happy, make everyone happy. That's what it's all about. The tempting touch pajamas will keep her warm and cozy from head to toe and they'll compliment her every curve. They're made with micro velvet, a new fabric, silky smooth, addictively soft, irresistible to wear, and they beg to be touched. Uh, and, and guys, these are the softest pajamas in the entire world. Pajamagram, the scientists there, the pajama doctors, said that it's true, so it's got to be true. You're going to love them, too, because they look great. And if that's if it's not your thing, it's not her thing, there's something for her on pajamagram.com. They've got something for everybody there. And when you order today, you're going to get a great deal Free gift packaging. That means you don't have to wrap anything. Beat the holiday rush 
get her these tempting touch PJs and get your free gift packaging today before this deal disappears. So simple. Go to pajamagram.com. It's fast, easy. Delivery by Christmas is guaranteed. That's pajamagram.com. Tell them AJ Hoffman from ESPN 97.5 sent you. I like that you This is Heisman's Trophy winner, College Hall of Fame, Billy Sims. And you're listening to ESPN 97.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. 713-780-ESPN is your number. Little soccer matters tonight. Um, saw him tweet out earlier. Eddie Robinson will be on the show. And uh, he's got the Austin FC head, head coach. I never know if it's coach or manager when it comes to soccer. I don't either. I know that Jerry Bow gave me a soccer play today. Sometimes when I'm in my office and I'm, you know, I, I'm – monotonously working i like to i like to have some action riding so every once in a while i can look up and see if i'm winning or losing money and today i looked up winning money yeah i forget what the teams were called one of them was called baloney i think and the other one was called like spetzel or something <laughs> i don't know but it was italian uh, italia Serie a Serie a ah excuse me ah Serie a and Hey, Siri. Spetzel's over in Shiner. Hey, Siri, who won the baloney game? Uh, but it was, I, I want to say, it, it, the oh, oh, no, I want to say, I played the over of three, and it was like, it was two to one with like, at 89 minutes, and I was like, oh, I guess it's going to be a push, and then somebody kicked the ball in the net, and I was a winner, winner. Jerry Bow is a soccer savant. Yep, he, he really knows is. his stuff, man. Yeah, he even had me betting on young boys once, and it won. So that should that should tell you something. So, a little college football for you. Um, remember Tim Brando, who used to be alive? I remember Tim Brando. Uh, apparently, he's still alive and calling games for Fox Sports. I just remember in the early days of fifteen sixty, he he had a show, a national show. It might have been the worst thing I've ever heard. Okay. And I remember it was so bad and they couldn't get rid of it for some reason. And I, at one day, uh, I, I think it was Chance McLean just came in and basically talked over him because it was so bad and it was hilarious. But uh, he's calling college football for Fox Sports. Apparently, he is, uh, he'll no longer recognize the college football playoff as a playoff. What's he going to do now? I'm done with it. I test code is for pure playoff privilege. It's not a college football playoff. It's a Power 5 Invitational, and from this point forward, I'll call it that. Uh, apparently, he thought the thought Cincinnati has been disbelieved. Is he a belief. Cincinnati truther? I guess so. Listen, the truth of it is, Cincinnati deserves to be in about as much as Ohio State deserves to be in, which is, they don't. Like, the, the problem is, Ohio State, because of their name, the fact that they didn't play anybody, people are like, oh, well, they deserve to be in. Cincinnati didn't play anybody either. They don't deserve to be in either, but they don't deserve like they, they don't deserve the treatment they're getting because their schedule is uh, basically what Ohio State's is. They've just played a couple more of those type of teams. And Same with USC. I feel bad for those teams 
not because they're not in the playoff. I don't believe USC or Cincinnati is one of the four best teams. I just also don't believe Ohio State is, and I don't think it's fair that Ohio State is four and these other teams are like eight and 13 when they've basically got the same accomplishments. Guess what? There's no way of knowing. There's not. And and this is one of those years, and this is what winds up happening, is in the end, it really should just be Alabama and whoever wins out of Clemson and Notre Dame. It's a pretty good move. Uh, you, you know, go back to the BCS thing and just say, okay, these are the two teams. Because I, I don't know who the fourth team's going to be, and I don't think that team's going to have any chance against Alabama anyway. Well, and the truth is, the third team this year probably doesn't deserve right. to be in. And, and this is... Yeah, because if, if, if Clemson loses twice in Notre Dame, they don't deserve it. No, especially if they lose. Yeah. So, and that's where people are like, well, we need eight. When the truth of it is, this season could play out that you only needed two. You know, everybody's looking eight, 16. More often than not, this is the way it works out. We're sitting here trying to find who's a deserving fourth team when really there's probably only two teams who should be in well, that, that game. And that's, that's the funny part of this. We're all sitting here arguing about this fourth team and who it should be. And Which one of these teams that doesn't deserve to be in should get in? That's what we're doing. Right. Right. That's, that's what the argument is. Because we all know there's not one of those teams that we're discussing. Ohio State, Aggie, Cincinnati, none of them are on the level of Alabama. And then people say, well, why don't you just play the game? Well, not, because then number five and number six are crybabies because they didn't get to get their heads stomped in. And guess what? If you go to eight, you know what we're arguing about? Ugh. Eight, nine, ten. Yeah. How's USC got, not in the top eight? Now we got to let Coastal Carolina in yep. this thing. Yep. Well, they did beat BYU, so they deserve it. Uh, well, okay. <sighs> uh, I, I, well, in this... It's, Somebody says, in a normal season, it really should be an 18 playoff. I, listen, I'll hear that argument uh, because I do think, it, I, I think it would make it more more fair to some of these teams. But this year, there's no way in knowing. We have we have no idea if Ohio State's really that good. I have no idea if Cincinnati's good enough. I mean, I, again, watching them, they look pretty good, but they haven't faced off. I mean, I think defensively, they could match up with just about anybody not named Alabama. But guess guess who they would get? Alabama. Yeah. And you know, in in this year, it's kind of funny that people I, I just I can't I don't understand why people are getting so worked up over it when we're arguing about who should be fourth when there probably should only be two. And you know, if we had eight, imagine the conversation we would be having if there with the eight teams that are in there now. Yeah. Um because let, let, let's let's just look at that for a second, because we all right. So the top the top four would still be there the the, the same way A and M would be in. Your eighth team would be Georgia, so you'd still be having the Cincinnati argument because they're ninth. Yeah. Oh, Cincinnati belongs in there no, over they'd Georgia. Put Cincinnati in over Georgia. They, they if there I, were eight think, teams, they'd finagle it where a, a non power five well, team got in. Otherwise, you'd have you'd still have people bitching. But the truth of it is, well, are they any better than Coastal? I don't know. I don't How know do either. Know? Are, I are think you they put, are, but I don't are you know. Put Coastal and Cincinnati in because then we're seeing a bunch of teams that have no chance in right. the playoff. I don't need that. Well, so if we look at it the way it is now, okay, A and M would be safely in because they're fifth, right? In, in an eight eight team playoff, they're not losing to Tennessee. Iowa State's at six. 
whoever wins out Iowa State, Oklahoma, guess what? That team's getting in. Yeah. You're guaranteeing them a spot. Now, Florida's probably losing. So that would that would end the Cincinnati conversation. But probably getting a, a two loss Georgia in there and Cincinnati, but no USC, who will be six and oh. So, so we we'd still be arguing, right? It, 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 there's no way around it. I don't uh, think. We we would be we would be fighting over that. It'd be well, I can't believe that they don't have Cincinnati in over a two loss Georgia and a two loss Florida that just got beat by a crappy LSU team. Um, and then then the USC argument that we were talking about yesterday, and I, I don't know that USC is any good, but why they're thirteen and Ohio State's four and they're both five and zero. Oh, yeah, and, and started late. It makes no sense to me. Um, let, let's. Get a call on this. Deacon Deacon wanted a weigh in. What's up, Deacon? Hey, sports fellas. Sports fellas. Uh, listen, just bear with me for a moment because I'll never get a chance to rant about this to people that actually like matter. But look, the problem with college football I, that I never hear anybody talking about, to me it's a fundamental flaw in the way that they decide who's the best. Every other sport, we pick our opinions before the season starts, who's good and who's bad. But in college football, the AP poll comes out and the coaches poll comes out. They're always kind of similar, whatever. I don't know what journalists, like what their opinions should matter for. And these coaches, they have conference biases, whatever. But the point that I'm making is all season long, we judge those teams based on where they started initially in the first rankings. If you took an Ohio State that started number two uh, in the preseason poll, and then you took just any random uh, a Washington out of the, the Pac-12, and those two teams both finished the season with one loss, played the equivalent of the same type of ranked opponents, had the same quality wins, same non-quality wins, and Ohio State started number two and Washington started 15, they would still be eight, six, seven, eight spots spots apart because all year long you judged them based on, well, this one started the season and we thought they were two, and this one started the season and we thought they were 15. And the second fundamental flaw is they give these people credit all throughout the season for, say, a top 25 victory. And by the end of the season, that top 25 team that was ranked 15 – in week five, they've lost four games and they're not even sniffing the top 25. But we call that a top 25 win because at the time they were ranked. They were ranked that high based on the flawed opinions of people before the season started. We should get rid of all that opinion stuff, go to that BCS computer model, feed it in with the formula, top 25 wins, strength of schedule, conference championships, all that stuff, and let it tell us who the top four teams are take human opinion out of it because that should not matter what what happens on the field is all that should matter thanks guys i'll i'll listen great all right, man. yeah i think that there are like there are ways that i'd like to see human elements taken out of it but it's not like texas high school football where you can just have a you know 128 team bracket and you just play until there's a champion like that that's ridiculous otherwise that's the entire season um these it, Texas high school football does it. I don't. I, and honestly, if I were a player, I wouldn't want to do that either because most of these guys, they're trying to go to the NFL. They're not trying to play seven playoff games to determine if they're a champion or not. They don't care that much. Uh, I would say that the preseason polls should go away. There shouldn't be a poll until about week four. But there's not a college football uh, playoff ranking until like six weeks. Yeah, in. but it's all. But it, but again, like that caller just said. 
everyone's minds are affected by where these teams are started at. I don't know. LSU was number seven to start the season last year. By the time the first poll came out, what they'd done on the field mattered. Yeah, it's true. So I, 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 and so I would dispute that a little bit. I think it's different this year because Ohio State's only played five games. Yeah. So you are going based on what you thought go, uh, going in. They haven't done anything really to show you that they suck. But it, it, it is a different situation, and I, think, I, I do think it's impacting it. And uh, somebody said, you guys keep talking about A&M. They've already lost Alabama. Why would we have to watch that again? Why would a second or third best SEC team be more deserving than a Big Ten champion? Make no sense. It does make sense because you're talking about a Big Ten champion who's only played six games. Yeah, and the, the second best SEC team will have played, what, nine games? Yeah. There, there's a difference. There, when you play five, six games, that th- three games to, to just assume, that basically what you're doing, you're saying, we assume Ohio State would have won those games. That's not right. Right, because they, they, we don't know. And that's that's why, like I said, I, I don't think whoever they put in their fourth, I don't think it matters. Because A, they're not going to beat Alabama, even Ohio State. And B, it's that's the argument we're having is over fourth, the fourth yeah. best team in the country. And, and yeah, I don't see anybody beating the drum for a USC who's in the exact same position as Ohio State. And that does get to his point because you see USC wasn't as highly regarded as Ohio State going on going in all right we are going to take a very quick break please don't go anywhere it is the blitz on espn 97.5 this is the blitz on espn 97.5 you are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. One little follow-up. We were talking about let the, the computers do it. And I, I do like the way that they use several different computers to pick team. Well, that certainly went into the BCS election. But there is one flaw with computer. Well, besides the fact that they're going to take over the world and, and Judgment Day is coming and it's all over. Unless all, the apes get there first. Yeah, it's going to be one of the two. But almost every computer program is based on a human programmer Putting in what's important. So there's an inherent bias in that, too. Uh, and, and I, which I'm, I mean, I'm fine with that. There's always going to be some kind of a bias, whether it's people picking or computers that were, uh, you know, that Jeff Sagarin put his numbers into. Because, and you'll get wildly different numbers. That's, that's the thing. If you go look at his rankings versus Ken Palm versus whatever, you're going to see completely different teams in there. And especially this year, it's so hard to, uh, because, some teams don't have a lot of data points, and some teams are Coastal Carolina, and you have no idea. Lamont, during the break, had said, um, you know, like D- D2 and D3 football has these playoffs. Why why can't D1 do that? And I said, well, most of those guys in D2 and D3 don't have NFL futures to worry about. And he said, let's keep it real. They're, they're not doing playoffs in D1 football for players' future in the pros. It's about the meaningless bowl money and or meaningless, meaningless bowl game and money. But here's the thing. With... With the playoff, you can tell Trevor Lawrence, listen, 
you you win these two games, you're a champion. That's great. With a a five six game playoff, you tell Trevor Lawrence, we need you to play five or six more games so you can be a champion. If I'm Trevor Lawrence and I know I'm already going to be the number one pick, I'm not interested in in playing five or six games that are meaningless. Yeah, well, I I, I don't see any reason to go to that many. I think eight eight should be the absolute max because you're only adding one more game for two teams. And and I that's fine. But I you try to get into that model, then you're getting rid of all, all the bowls, which I, I don't have a problem with, but those bowl games would have a problem with it. I and, guess my, my longstanding take on this has been if you lose two games during your season, you're not supposed to be the champion. So and when you talk about an eight team playoff, you're you're gonna eventually end up with two te- two lost teams playing for championships. And I don't like it. I'm 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 okay with it because there have been years where you know you, the stud quarterback gets hurt and you wind up losing a couple of games and then you're healthy at the end of the year you might be the but best. Sorry, team. you didn't. You it, health is part of the game. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I I I want the best teams and usually you do too. So I'm a little surprised at that take. I just but don't, if, I don't if you want... have one of the best teams when if Trevor well Trevor Lawrence a good example if Clemson example. missed because they lost another game without Trevor Lawrence he comes back and they're blowing everybody away and they win. They uh they beat Notre Dame a second time or for the first time, and they still have two losses. They might be the best team. I want to see them in there. I, I don't want you to because you're already trying to shoehorn yeah. a five win Ohio State or A and M in there. Well, now mind you, this season is a little bit different. Right. where we're talking about right, a but five, in a, a five but and O team, but in a regular in. year, uh, one loss Baylor versus a two loss Clemson that didn't have Trevor Lawrence. I want Clemson in there. Baylor, I, Baylor does isn't a threat, and Clemson is. And I honestly think, like, I, I would maybe even rather have six than eight, because with six now, usually you've got one, one or two undefeated teams. Now those teams get a reward of not having to play some schlubby ass team. Uh, so you let you let the other teams who maybe deserve to be there a little bit less scrap it out. It's almost like the yeah. like the games in Dayton, to, the play in games. Like you got to scrap it out before you go play Duke. Uh, it, it'll be like Western Carolina versus St. Francis of New York. You guys are going to play in Dayton. Whoever wins gets to go play Duke. Congratulations. Whoever wins in this situation gets to go play Alabama. But yeah, I, that, I that way I, the teams that have, have, like Clemson and Notre Dame right now, have like they have earned the right to have a, a, a day off like versus the competition. So let these other teams play the extra game. Let them rest their guys, get ready, prep. At least then there's some kind of reward. You get to add a couple extra teams, and you're not making the teams that earned it all season long do extra work. No, I, I don't hate that. I, like I said, I don't think I'd want to go to more than eight, but I've, I've seen the 16 model. I think that, that works. I uh, hate 16. 16. No, 16, not 16. Oh, okay, okay. No, no, I, I, 16. I, can't, I can't see doing any more than eight, and uh, it, it would mean more money, and you'd have more meaningful games, and anything that gets rid of meaningless bowl games, I'm for question from a, a texter that i think makes a lot of sense at least i mean I, I think it's a good question i'd like to steal it for myself but i'm gonna give him credit realistic aggie fan here would it be better for the aggies to win a new year's six bowl or make the playoff and get spanked by bama again that's a, that is a good question i mean it's probably better for the program it's probably better for the program if, if they get put in the in the rose bowl or the sugar bowl or something like that you win that game that's better than going and getting beheaded by Alabama. I I, I kind of think so. Although there's there's something to be said for hey they made the playoff, and I, yeah I don't know how that would how that would play with recruits. Think back where you could say hey 
You can come here and you can get the play, come to a playoff and maybe get your head handed to you by by Alabama, or you can go win the Sugar Bowl. Think back to um, like was it a couple years ago? Maybe two years ago, where Washington was the fourth team that made it, and Washington uh, went on and played. Uh, it, I guess it was twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Washington was the fourth team. It's a year that Ohio State ended up winning. Ohio State uh, won the championship that year, I'm pretty sure. But Washington had to go play Alabama. They got their heads kicked in. In hindsight, would it have been better for their program to win the Rose Bowl that year? Because I feel like, yes. Maybe. I I guess just my my first reaction is, yeah. You know what? I think Washington's, well, I I don't know. uh, uh, Because... Even even the Rose Bowl, where where it meant something was like teams like Central Florida. It meant something for them to win those games because somebody asked, it, "Did smashing Georgia in a in a no oh, Clemson won that year by the way? I was um, wrong. Yeah, but but uh, smashing Georgia really helped UT that much. At the time, it looked like it did. At the time, it did. Yeah, but it helped a lot more than getting uh getting smashed by by Alabama would have helped, right? Probably so. I I don't know. I I think it's a good question though. I think you can make a pretty good case either way. Uh, but we remember Washington making that playoff. Would we remember Washington winning a Rose Bowl? Uh, well, Washington, the like the Washington's program would remember that, sir. Their program would, but I'm talking about now also general the Rose, public. The Rose Bowl is bigger than, like, for it's bigger for Pac-12 and Big Ten teams than most bowls are for other teams. Right. But it's still, at, at this point, it's still not a playoff. And it's not a playoff. I mean, Washington wasn't competitive in that game, but they, they lost 24-7, to and... They had three turnovers, but other than that, you look at you start looking at stats. Yeah, they were outgained total yards and everything, but I don't think it's the head kicking that we're expecting. Whoever plays Alabama in the no. first round this year, so I they were still semi in the game. I mean, you take away those three turnovers, you cut it down to one. That team it's was probably a closer game. That team was really good on defense too. I, I I actually thought they had a chance going into that game. I was wrong, but yeah. Uh, 713-780-ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776 if you wish to get in. Take some phone calls here on a What Are the Odds Wednesday. And uh, guess what? We, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's a little more a little more hardened stuff to get into, which uh, we, can, we can do next segment because uh, somebody asked a, a really good question. And uh, I do have your, uh, your injury update for your, your Texans today. Oh, uh, who's, who's hurt? Uh, your limited participation, Brandon Cooks, neck. Okay. Philip Gaines, knee. That's probably good. Duke Johnson, neck. Uh-oh. Please, just, please, just, I don't need to see any more Duke Johnson. I don't need to see any more Johnson. CJ Procise, ankle. Oh, damn it. I, I don't need to see any more him either. Okay. And John Reed, neck. Who's left to play running back? Is uh, it just David Johnson? It's, well, they had Duke, Duke Johnson and Buddy Howell played last week okay so it'd be david johnson and buddy howell this week yeah it looks like it feeling good about it uh although david johnson did not participate not injury related roni could be or just maybe uh they're resting his body they're doing with him what they should be doing with deshaun Mm -hmm. i i I really hope the first thing they do in the offseason is I, i hope that's the first head to roll Deshaun? No, David, David Johnson. Johnson. Oh, I'm sure. It I act, well, actually, I've got a list of heads to roll. There should be a mass exodus at some point. Well, I mean, the, 
usually when they have Black Monday, it's all the coaches that get fired. They should do it with the Texans. This this should be all the guys who should be beheaded from the roster. All right, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk some more college football. We'll actually get into some. We'll we'll get some of your calls on the other side, uh, and we'll get some some Rockets talk coming up in hour number two. I got to tell you guys about TGS Insurance. If you are an owner of your home, it means you pay homeowners insurance. It's not really an optional thing. You've got to do it. So if you are that person and you don't know what you're paying, because that that was me, I had no idea what I was paying for my homeowners insurance. So I texted the word money to twenty three twenty three twenty three. They sent me a, a quote based on just my address. That's all I had to give them was my address. They sent me a quote. I compared it to what I was paying. I saved over $1,000 a year. That, that could be you. The average customer saving $900 a year. If $900, you know, if that's nothing to you, okay, well, don't do it. You're, you're, uh, you're incredibly wealthy and, and happy in life. But if you could use an extra 900 bucks on average in your pocket, text the word money to 232323. They've already shopped all the rates. Uh, they know what you could be saving, and they'll get you out of your old policy, get you refunded, get you uh, get you out of that, take care of the back end work, and start you saving money right now. Text money to twenty three twenty three twenty three for TGS Insurance. SportsMapBets.com is live. Stay up to date with betting guides for this week's NFL and college football action. Or check out SportsMapBets research tools and keep the lead in your fantasy league. SportsMapBets.com has all the info you need to make the best play. 